This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. So the other day I was uh, on the internet, as you are. I came across this article and I was immediately drawn to it because it uh, struck me as something that we don't talk about a whole lot, but that is probably uh, more prevalent than we think. And the title of the article, Debunking Myths About Estrangement and Catherine St. Louis wrote this. She's a veteran health reporter, uh, wrote it for the New York Times, has just actually left that to write a book about estrangement. And Catherine St. Louis joins me on the line to talk a little bit more about this. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, One of the the lines in the article uh, stuck out to me, well, it's uh, close to the beginning of it, that in the past five years, uh, a clearer picture uh, of estrangement has been emerging. Uh, You write about this in the piece. How has that been happening? Well, there are more researchers worldwide who have decided to start asking parents whose children have stopped talking to them um, uh, how it happened, and also parents who themselves choose to cut off contact with an adult child, why it happened. And I think just in general, uh, estrangement is sort of coming out of the shadows. And and I suppose, too, because we are still very much in the holiday season, this is something that uh, people mm-hmm. talk about more or might be top of mind during the holidays when there is so much pressure to be with family. Yeah, I think if you have estrangement in your family, uh, it's really hard around the time of the holidays when people start asking whether or not you'll be going home for Christmas, or whether you'll be celebrating Hanukkah with your family, because for a lot of people, that's just not something that they're capable of doing. I think estrangement is something that's really hard to to uh, sum up to an acquaintance in a, in a hurried conversation. It's so many layers and so many factors. So if someone asks, you know, why aren't you going home for Christmas? They're kind of opening Pandora's box. Hmm. And, and I, I suppose, too, while talking about it, and you touch on this in the article about the myths of estrangement, because I think it is something, uh, even people, I suppose, who are estranged or have very strained relationships might not fully understand how it happens, why it happens, uh, even how to define it. Yeah. Exactly. So the rough definition is that one relative is making a voluntary choice to cut off or reduce contact with another relative after an ongoing negative relationship. So, for example, if one person is jailed or one person is deployed uh, because they're in the military, that's an estrangement. It really is, I have decided to reduce contact, say, with my mother because of ongoing negativity in our relationship, and it's just simply not working. Uh, right. And so so it is a decision, really, then, that one person... is it? A, can it be a mutual Definitely. decision? It, it, of course, can, but I don't think researchers are really finding that. And estrangement can be incredibly painful because one person over time, maybe years, even decades, is kind of pulling away. Um, and maybe not voicing, uh, probably not voicing, why it is that they're kind of reducing contact. So from the other person's point of view, they sort of don't understand when things finally go completely quiet, because from their point of view, things were fine, right? If you're not communicating why you're distancing yourself, um, it can be hard to kind of bridge that gap. 
Uh, exactly, because one of the other myths you write about too is that there's a clear reason why people become estranged. That you that you might be able to pinpoint it that this thing happened on this day, and that was why I've decided I'm never speaking to you again. Right, right. So people think there's one big blowout fight, and if you talk about estrangement in your family, it just means that you had one really bad fight with your mom or one extremely bad fight with your daughter. It's really not that. It, it happens over time, but there's multiple factors at play. So just to give an example, um, the kids who were asked by this fantastic Australian researcher named Kylie Aguilius, she asked uh, adult children who had cut off contact with their parents why um, they did that, and they gave three, three uh, main reasons. Abuse, um, so everything from physical or sexual abuse to really just being continually belittled. Betrayal, so say if someone keeps your real dad, uh, who your bio dad is a secret and it's revealed, that can really cause a disruption. And then the third thing adult children stop telling their parents about was something called poor parenting, which they defined as either being overly critical, shaming them, making them a scapegoat. But fascinatingly, uh, Joe, it wasn't just any one of these things. These things would be overlapping. Uh, and most of the participants also said that these factors came after a childhood, which they really didn't have a great connection with their parents. So I don't want every parent out there worrying that this is going to end up being their reality. Um, it really, there's so many factors. It's almost as if um, there's there's a rift and it just keeps cracking until one day you realize you're on the other side of the Grand Canyon from this relative. <laughs> which which makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I guess because we're, we're programmed yeah. and we see movies, we see on TV that these families that are depicted as perfect units and, and such, that it could be difficult, I imagine, because you're, we're grow, we grow up in most cases told, being told and, and conditioned to love our relatives and to love our families. And if we don't, it's, I guess, rec- realizing that and, and making a decision. Yes, I think... There's an assumption, and I make this point in, in the piece, I think that assuming every relationship between a parent and a child will last a lifetime is simplistic. We don't assume that uh, married couples will always stay married. And unfortunately, the reality of family relations are that, you know, siblings don't always spend their entire lives talking with one another. There can be ruptures there. Parent and child, there can be ruptures there. It's It's unfortunate and incredibly painful for those involved. Not only, obviously, if you're the one who um, gets cut off by a relative, but also the process of doing the cutting off. No one, no one would choose this. Uh, no one would choose to stop talking to their parent. Uh, it's painful even if you're the one taking the action. And, and did you find in your research, or as you you look at this more, is it something that people, that the idea is always that it should be fixed, or that people come to terms with and say, nope, this is just, this is what the, this is what happened to the relationship, this is what's, this is the, this is the reality? That's a great question. I think people move through stages of grief. So I think in the beginning, there's always sort of a thought that maybe reconciliation is on the table. But unfortunately, as things progress, um, some people feel like reconciliation is off the table. 
Um, but after that period, I think, of, of grief and pain and confusion, some people really do reach a point where they feel like they are better they're better off, that they're sad that this relationship didn't work out, but they are better off without this person in their life. People described it as a, in the interviews I've been doing for, for my book, people describe it as like a self-preservation strategy. And of course, in cases, I think, of, of physical abuse or sexual abuse in, among family members, uh, I think people without a stranger in this family can kind of understand why you might need to distance yourself for safety reasons, pure safety reasons. But there are a lot of people who are estranged who are distancing themselves to essentially stop being belittled all the time, to stop um, being made a scapegoat in their family. And that, I think, for people is a little harder to understand. I'm trying to write this book to kind of bridge that gap of understanding so more people um, don't come to a story of estrangement with judgment, but more kind of understanding of, of how things can go wrong, even between family members. And do you find that, that there is a bit of a better understanding, or as we discuss it, as, we ta- as people talk about it, we are getting to a place where it's not just judgment, that people do kind of see more of the details and see what's happening? Well, you know, I wrote this piece for the New York Times, and there are now nearly 1,600 comments, most of which, interestingly, have really little to do with my piece. They mostly are people sharing their own stories, and some of those, of course, are anonymous, but some of them aren't. I feel that we're reaching a point where more people feel that they can speak about their estrangement in public as openly maybe not as openly as they can speak about having been divorced, but we are making baby steps. It is happening. Why it's happening now, I still haven't figured out, Joe. Um, but I do think more people are sort of saying, this is the line in the sand that I drew. Um, but they face incredible judgment and incredible cultural norms. I mean, we just, we just think that mother-daughter relationships, for example, should really work. There's that um, there's just the notion that this is this is an incredible bond. There's there's some research I didn't I wasn't able to put in the article that Megan Gillian um, does. She's a researcher who looked at mothers, about 550 mothers in Massachusetts who um, had multiple adult children, and she was looking at well, what are some of the reasons why a mother estranges herself or stops talking to one one kid and not the other. So the one of the reasons they, they gave the highest probability of this mom would be estranged from a son or daughter was if she had different values than that son or daughter. But interestingly, if that son or daughter had broken cultural norms, like say gotten a bunch of DWIs or had substance abuse issues or kept getting jailed, the mothers didn't feel like that was anything to stop uh, contact about. So estrangement can be really personal and extremely individual. And people um, in the autism community like to say, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. I feel the same about estrangement. Some, uh, there are some, you know, uh, themes, but every story has its different nooks and crannies and twists in the tail. 
Well, it's a fascinating article. I look forward to reading the book when it comes out. Catherine, we'll have to leave it there, but thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.